0: Super Bowl over, NBA All-Star mercifully over, Olympics not over yet but will be, and so the scene shifts to the green grass of Florida on the golf courses, the annual rite of passage from California to Florida. The golf swing, it is interesting. Dan Colarusso, the global editor for Reuters, but doesn't know much about golf and doesn't play golf, but you know, he knows about business. So how are you?
1: I I don't play golf. Um... Although we had a very famous public golf course in the neighborhood where I grew up, um, elements of organized crime would often use it to not golf. Um, that said, um, I am doing well, Rick. I'm enjoying the last week or so of the, of the, the Winter Olympics, which has proved more compelling than we thought. But I'm interested to talk about golf. Uh, you know, um, the Tiger Woods question popping back up, um, the Trump question. Uh, popping back up now for this season. Um, what do you think the stakes are? I guess you have it in your interview with Scott, but you know, what do you think the stakes are this, this go-around for golf? What does golf have to achieve this year?
0: The reason why we put Scott McCarron where he is, and we'll introduce him right after the answer to this, is that this is really, in many ways, a defining moment for the golf business. We're over... What we might have called the Tigerization of the Tour, where everybody cared about Tiger Woods coming or not coming. Ironically, the Honda Classic is the weekend that we're taping this, and Tiger Woods has decided to play. And there's a whole crowd of people who will come because of Tiger, and a crowd of people who will come because of others. The Champions Tour is getting better every day. Tiger Woods is just named alternate captain for the Ryder Cup, so he's moving the needle whether he plays or not. But Players are understanding the business more than ever before, and we'll get to some of those nagging questions you have after Scott McCarron, a nineteen six nineteen eighty eight 1988 history uh, graduate UCLA. He's won 14 pro wins, six on the Champions Tour. Um, he's been in the clothing business. We'll talk about that with Scott McCarron, a guy who mixes business and golf better than anybody else. Sports professor Rick Harlow, beyond the scoreboard, and we're pleased and honored to be with one of the most prolific uh, Champions Tour golfers on the tour. Scott McCarron, you want to be called that or do you want to be called just one of the world's best golfers? Hey, any
2: you could say Scott McCarron, prolific, I like it.
0: Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> leave the rest of the prolific alone. We'll just leave it at the golf piece. But last year was a hell of a year for you on the Champions Tour. You win four times. You win a major. What's it like to win a major at fifty
2: fifty one? 51? I'm 52 now. 52. Uh, so, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. I, f- I feel the same trying to win a, a tour event out here on the PGA Tour Champions as I did on the regular PGA Tour. So, you know, when people ask me that, I, I say, I'm still playing against the same guys I was competing against with when I was out there in 95, 96, all the way through my career. It's fun. Um, I still get nervous. Uh, we still have fans, maybe not as big of crowds as the regular tour. We have TV. So I still feel the same. It, so to win a major and to win your first major, it was uh, quite a thrill for me.
0: We'll talk about why the business of the Champions Tour is so good in a couple of minutes. But first, why the why why the business of being Scott McCarran is so good. 25 years.
2: Is this, is this your 25th anniversary on tour? Well, I think and, it and
0: took some time off. Uh, so. You
2: know, I think it might be 20-something years. I got on tour uh, in 90, 94 uh, for the 95 season. So, okay. Uh, you do the math. It's right. a lot of years. So, a lot of years. Yeah. 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 Some and, will and run together. Your bio is wrong. You might want to correct a little bit. <laughs> They have
0: you. They have you playing for two more years. Uh, okay, but, that's fine. Yeah, but the the bottom As line a professional. is professional. And and, yeah. and your 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 first your first pro win was ninety six. Correct. Yeah, in New Orleans, at, in New Orleans, at, at the at that that time, the Freeport. Yeah, uh, you went to UCLA, history Ooh. major
2: good business background, Yes. Was there, a time, business.
0: was there a time in life when you said, let me go pursue something else? Where oh, no, dollars, I did.
2: I, I, yeah. I quit golf for four years after college. Uh, my father had a golf apparel business in Napa for a lot of years, an embroidery company, and we lost everything in a flood in uh, 1986. So when I graduated in 1988, I was deciding if I was going to go to law school or what I was going to do, because golf was done, I wasn't playing really much anymore. And I talked my dad into going into business again under the golf apparel. Um, I was going to start it. I was going to get the loans. Uh, the only job I had before that was being a bartender. Um, but but I, that I,
0: prepares you for law
2: school. It prepares you for everything. Way. Yes, it's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. So uh, you know, I played golf with the guy who's in the SBA loans, and he liked our idea and knew that my dad's background, he already had some uh, success in it. And we were able to secure an SBA loan to start uh, our first business, um, again, doing golf apparel. And I he wasn't playing much golf at the time but I was running golf tournaments for charity events because I would sell them 144 shirts. Yeah, I wasn't such a great guy, but, yeah, but I enjoyed right. being around golf. Right. I enjoyed helping these charities, but I was also there to sell them shirts, and that's the only reason I still play golf. Did you decide to
0: take a respite from the, from the, uh, from the business in 94, or did you say, that's enough,
2: I'm gonna try it on the tour? Yeah, it was really, uh, it, it really started earlier on. So I graduated from college, 88. Yeah. Uh, it was 91 that uh, I first saw a long putter. And it was at a senior event, the Rayleigh Senior Gold Rush, at my home Sacramento. course in Sacramento, Rancho Marietta, Sacramento. that I saw five or six of these guys putting a long putter. I'd never seen it before. I went home that night, made my own uh, out of an old ping answer, two, and broke off the head of a three-wood, shoved the shaft down there, and glued it together and started putting with it. And I started... Having fun, putting and playing again, and playing some amateur events and winning them, and then I almost won the United States mid Amateur at Long Cove up in Hilton Head, yeah. and that's when I decided that's what I want to do. I, I, I want to pursue golf again. Yeah. So, but golf is is
0: it, it's almost like being a business entrepreneur. You're not guaranteed anything. Right? The numbers, the numbers are the numbers. The shots are the shots. It's more similar
2: than different. Absolutely, it's like it's like being a small business owner. Yeah. Right. In that you know, I'm employing myself, my caddy. Uh, my wife, and uh, you're trying to travel around the country uh, as cheap as possible and make money playing golf for a living. That's the mini-tours, and it's very difficult. Um, I did that for two or three years playing all over, playing Asia and Canada and Hooters Tour, the Golden State Tour in California. I mean, I was playing anywhere I could for any any amount of money. didn't matter, but I wanted to get better, and I needed to play competition.
0: What did the win in 96 get you as far as exemptions were concerned and well, guarantee and stability?
2: Stability. I mean, I, I literally was... Just I, I I kept my card to the last event of the year in Las Vegas the year before yeah. where I finished uh, third by myself uh, and then ten events later I win New Orleans. So I went from being a guy that was going to have no job at all, all of a sudden finishes third in the end of the year tournament and then ten weeks later wins, ten tournaments later wins in New Orleans and gets to play the Masters uh, two weeks later and right. almost win that. I finished top ten and had a chance. So. That was huge to be able to win your first event and, and to know you could do it.
0: And then Bell South's good to you. You win there twice. Bell South,
2: there I go and win again the next year. Yeah. So here I am, kind of the young guy on the tour, winning twice in my first three years, which was a big deal back yeah. in that day. Were, um,
0: you, I, do, were you a big-timer at that point? Did you realize that? No, that were, <laughs>
2: were you, a tig- were you a t- the next Tiger wins? I was not the next Tiger Woods, <laughs> But I did think that, hey, I can keep doing this. Yeah. And I and every time I put myself in position, which was only twice, right. I won both times. So I'm like, you know, i I'm pretty good when I get in position, and then I had a little bit of a dry spell and didn't win for a while, and then went again and fell south.
0: Uh, The the difference maybe is that you have a solid business background and you knew it. If you had to, you fall back on
2: business, and you would succeed. At, at some point, I could do something in business. You know, right. running a business uh, in the apparel business, and then we figured we could lose more money manufacturing headwear, start to finish, which we did. Called Caps USA, very difficult business at the time, labor intensive. You know, 40, 50 employees, sales force the whole bit, um, and I was kind of the jack of all trades, could do all of it. So uh, I learned a lot about business, and it certainly helped me. Uh, Knowing that if I couldn't make it in golf, I could always have something fall back on. It.
0: So it's 2017. You went four times, and there's a lot of grumbling at PGA headquarters because they want a bigger name winning. Although those, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but they got a nice guy winning. They got a nice guys. guy a nice winning, guy. Guy. and a guy
0: that can appeal to the corporate boardroom. So I guess absolutely. my question is: yes. as a business guy, you understand how valuable you are now as an asset for the Champions Tour? You and Bernard, absolutely.
2: Basically. You know, and here's one of the things that uh, I learned very early on. Through Peter Jacobson who learned from Arnold yes, Palmer. Right. Um, the Pro-Am is the most important day of the week yep. and I've always been taking care of the guys in the Pro-Ams, I write letters, um, taking care of the title sponsors, presenting sponsors, doing walkers. I get what it uh, take put on a tournament. I was the host and helped run the Reno Tower Open for a lot of years. I've ran charity events, I ran terms, I know the amount of time and effort that goes in, so I'm very appreciative of everything that goes on, and I think I just got a little bit different perspective and a lot of guys just come out and play golf only.
0: Very important question, the women get it, Mike Wan makes them get it, the champions guys get it, you're, they do. you're mature also, yes. you're over 50, yes. so you, you, know, you, you know it. Correct. Do the kids, do the existing tour players get it enough?
2: You know, I think more guys need to get it. And I yeah. honestly think we, there needs to be a program again for every rookie that comes out has to go for a day and shadow the tournament director. Yeah, Absolutely. And we used to kind of have to do that when I Can, first it, came can on the tour, tour make that happen? They used to do that. Yeah, I mean, I we used to do that. and It was an eye-opening experience. I think the, the PGA Tour is in a great place right now. You've got some phenomenal young men Ricky Fowler, Jordan Speed, Justin Thomas, these guys get it. They really, they are great for the game. So I think the tour is in good hands. And they're
0: also legitimately trash-talking friends themselves. They're friends and they're buddies. I think it's a
2: wonderful time for the PGA Tour. And I, I hope that more guys in the PGA Tour see what they're doing and follow suit. So,
0: golf's in good hands?
2: Oh, I think so, you know, every year at all all levels? Every era, you know, new guys come out and I think golf is in really good hands. I mean, you're starting to see an uptick in rounds played. Um, You're not seeing the golf courses close like they did. People are having to streamline the golf courses that were good stayed open. The golf courses that maybe needed to go away did. So, you know, again, it makes the whole industry stronger. How does the lack of golf course acreage stay ahead of the technology? Well, you know, again, is the amateur golfer hitting it any farther now than he was 10 years ago? Not really. The no. PGA Tour players are. Right. Um, does that mean? Does that mean the
0: average average golfer is a little more frustrated, or just mean that?
2: Well, I think, we're yeah, micromanaging. I think one thing. Let's not make the game harder for the amateur golfer. We want yeah. guys to play. Yeah. I mean, I always like the golf course where the first hole is a fairly easy, wide open hole, and the last hole oh, being a, one that he's going to be happier with a birdie or maybe an eagle, something he can reach. You sound like what Jack Nicklaus has now come to believe. Well, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, you want to keep these people playing, and you want to be able to play fast. Um, and not spend six, seven hours uh, out in the golf course. Right? Right. You want to be able to speed up play, and whether that's going to 12 holes or whether that's going to more user-friendly um, hole locations, move the, everybody move the tee forward, whatever it may be. Uh, this is a business, and uh, but I think golf is in good hands right now.
0: Television really good. Demographics look great. All the people that watch you buy a lot of stuff.
2: I, I don't know if they buy a lot of stuff because I'm using it, but I think you know you're starting to see... The industries, they're getting smarter about how they do business, Um, as far as their marketing, as far as they're selling their products, their price points, um, what they do. They had to get better. It couldn't be that windfall where just throw a new product out every three months, with a new driver, and, and think everybody's going to buy it. You can't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah.
0: What's going to happen with the Tour relative to, uh, you know, five, ten years from now? Do you think it's uh, the Champions Tour? Do you think it's uh, onward and upward? More, I mean, a 20-year
2: sponsorship deal is key. That's and key. key more of Schwab will... right. I think so, too. I, You know. I think a lot of guys that say, oh, I'm not going to play the Champions Tour at 40. Yeah. Once they get 47, 48, 49, they start thinking about it. But once they get out here, we're all golfers. We're yeah. all competitive. Tell we, the Jack Nicklaus story. We all want to win. Yeah. And so I think you'll see, right. even though Phil's saying he might, no, he's not saying it, but other no. people are saying he's right. not going to play. The Ernie Els, I think you'll see those guys yeah. come play. And last year, being at Jack and Barbara Nicklaus's yeah. home, where Jack pulled me aside and says, you know what? I I really wish I would have played more in the PGA Tour Champions because it was so much fun. It was so competitive. I love that I wish I would have played more. When you have the best player that's ever lived, say that. That's how much it means to be competitive and play. Just
0: really quickly, because I know there are a lot of other issues, Um, what's the business of Scott McCarron look like? I mean, you certainly certainly make your annual nut. We don't need to deal with this. I'm not the IRS, but from (laughs) a business
2: perspective. Well, you know, the business perspective is I've met a lot of great guys playing in pro-ams and playing throughout uh, my career. I've got some phenomenal sponsors right now. Uh, with active PDF, with micro simming, with hotline construction. Yeah. Take your time with that, that's okay. Yeah, they are, they are great, great guys, great companies. Um, I, I do outings for them, they have their clients come out to tournaments, we do host dinners. Um, and For me it's a lot of fun because the more we do that, the more people I'm meeting. Yeah. And I've, I've really created a lot of great relationships, which is great for business over the years. Playing golf. I mean, to be able to do what I do for a living at 52, um, I sometimes have to pinch myself that I keep, keep doing it. This
0: is wrong because I just met you. You're not humble, but you're grateful and you understand the opportunity. There are a lot of people who feel entitled
2: and empowered. You're not that way. <laughs> I, I'm not that way. I wasn't raised that way. I also, uh, you know, because I took a different approach to get out here on the PJ Tour to play professional golf, um, I think I've got a little more appreciation than somebody that just went straight from college, right, to professional golf, never had a other job.
0: And you already under, you understand the business of golf, and you grew up in the business, which is Absolutely. a new perspective. So what's, what happens after your drives go 230 as opposed to 290? <laughs> golf course design. I want to buy a new driver. <laughs> what happens when that doesn't happen? All right, so whether it's 10 years from now or yeah. if longer, 15 years from now, <laughs> yeah. is it is it golf course right. design? Is it marketing? Is it equipment? Yeah. Is it you know retire what are you gonna do
2: you know it's interesting um you know we'll cross that bridge when we come to it yeah uh, we'll we all know that there is an end and i think that's one of the things that being on here in the pj Tour champions i know there is an end in sight and it's maybe 10 years it could be eight years it could be 12 years on the pj tour when i got on i never thought of an yeah. end in sight i thought it's just going to keep doing this forever so, because there is an insight, I do see that I'm going to play until I can't be competitive anymore. And then uh, at that point, uh, you know, I'll, I'll find some place to go fishing, but I'll probably maybe start a little business doing something else because I, I still enjoy business i still enjoy meeting people uh so i'm not going to be the, the guy that just sits there and fishes all day
0: ucla are you uh back to uh you help ucla golf you deal with those some of that uh, you know i do
2: derek freeman uh, is a good uh, friend of mine is our golf coach there uh, when i was living in southern california i would go you know once a year or so we go play golf and mentor some of the guys and have them out dinner when they come play uh, in palm springs and la quinta um, I'm really excited about Chip Kelly. I was going to say Chip Kelly plays. Player. By the way, you he ought to does. Sure I, that you tell him how to I, slow that off. He's going. a very, very good friend of Peter Jacobson's, and I met Chip Kelly earlier this year. Uh, very happy with that hire. Um, I think he's going to do a great job. Well, your career is—you did Golf Channel for a while, did not you? I did Golf Channel for two years, and then I worked for Fox for two years. Yes. Um, I did all the their majors. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot uh, being an on-course announcer because I. I always thought, oh, you, gotta, you you have to play your best on Sunday. These guys didn't always play their best, but they didn't let little things bother them. One more
0: question. So it was 06, 07. I forgot when the, what the number was, but you were laid up for a while. Yeah, 06. And were, you,
2: 06 yeah. were you thinking that that's it, so let me go into business, or was it always, let's get back? You know, that, that was my first injury, and I, I tore the radialis brevis tendon off the bone on my right elbow. Um, so eat, when that happened, I'm like, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to come back stronger, um, and I'm going to be better. The injury took me a year and a half. It was a long injury and it was very difficult to come back from. But I did, I came back, kept my card, you know, I had a couple more just okay years, and then I was in the 126 to 150, and I was really struggling to get back, because I just wasn't playing enough, wasn't getting the opportunities that I'd had before.
0: So how does it feel, final question, to be the face of us old
2: guys? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty neat. I, I get recognized a lot more now yeah. uh, from the PGA Tour oh, Championship. Won? You won more. Than I ever did on the PGA Tour, yeah, it's fun. And, and I, if I can help uh, some guy, Say hey, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, you know, I, I got to thank my, you know my wife. We've got married a year and a half ago, and she's a triathlete and a, and a workout fanatic. And to be able to chase her around has really yeah. kept me young. Thank you, man. Scott McCarry, thank, you. It's thank you very much. Thank you.
0: So Scott McCarron, one of the leading winners on the Champions Tour last year, he certainly understands what the business of golf is like this year. So as you hear the interview, but also as you're uh, uh, talking about some of the big issues in golf, uh, uh, Dan, what what kind of strikes you as some of the biggest issues you're you're concerned about in the golf business?
1: Well, I'm, I'm concerned about a couple of things. I think the, the health of the global economy is a, a plus for golf, I would bet uh economic trend wise, wealth creation wise, um and I guess with the development and the interest rate environment in the US, we've had ample uh golf course uh development and real estate uh leverage. So now I wonder, can they get young people to start playing? You know, uh last week we you interviewed Scott Hamilton and he was very articulate in talking about how to get families skating together. How do I get a scale audience back on the golf course? without an inspirational star or two, uh, such as a Tiger Woods, a uh, consistently accessible, winning character. How, do, how does big golf uh, do that?
0: Yeah, and a very good question at a lot of different levels. So, you know, Jack Nicklaus, who is now 78 years old, by the way, which is incredible, he's talking about his program called Play It Forward, The holes are even bigger. You have 15-inch holes for some people just starting, which is something that I would love. The people who are just starting get to go down the fairway a little bit. Bottom line is the people who cared about the traditions of golf are now understanding the most important issue is it's got to be fun, and women have to be able to play, and kids, uh, and boys, and girls, and international as well. Tiger led the Pied Piper Of his generation into golf people who didn't ever touch a club before but now what is the next step and it's not the superstar it's the institutionalized program on the men's the champions and the women's tour to get more kids playing than ever before we have five million kids who are playing today that weren't playing 10 years ago and so the trend has to continue
1: right but but i think back when i think back to the the leaps the great, that sports leagues have made. You know, um, baseball post-World War II, um, a huge leap in the talent um, when they integrated the leagues, um, a huge leap in talent that kept bringing people and characters. And when I think about the NBA, the resurgence of the NBA started with Larry Bird and Magic Johnson after the, the drug scandal and, and some of the kind of, kind of lackluster days of the NBA. And, and I just feel like in golf, you know, it really does. We do need that kind of hook in there because without it, the game doesn't feel like it's built for a lot of people. You know, and and I think that's golf's eternal challenge, a lot like tennis. Um, but I think golf more dependent. But, you know, what golf has on its side, I think, um, and you could address this a little bit better. The big brands um, are there. Right. The big sponsors and the big equipment brands. And they get their message out probably as good as anybody 's going to get, so I, I guess the, the some of the leverage and some of the 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 pivot is going to be on those guys right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, very important. So Nike was in with Tiger. They're not as in as much as they are were then. They're in internationally. They're in a little bit more equipment. Callaway clearly is in Titleist. In all the conventional big brands, in the crossovers, the Reeboks, uh, not as much. Under Armour clearly in Jordan Spieth, and and uh, he's uh, he's they're big into the superstar. So the superstar leads the corporations in. The corporate brands will lead the masses in and move the needle. Really important that Angel Illigan, the CEO of Bridgestone, will have him on again master's time tells us that even if Tiger doesn't play one shot competitively, he moves the needle and he appeals to the Bridgestone Golf Group and the Japanese decision makers behind it because it's very important for them to get some activity, again, not just because people are watching, but because the kids and the the casual golfers are playing more and more. We need a lot more of that, as you so accurately note.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd make the argument. Does that say more about Tiger or more about the mediocre cast of characters that are, <laughs> that have tried to fill his shoes? Right. I mean, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, right? I wonder, from your point of view, Rick, is there a big international pop the golf is going to get in the next five years? I mean, I guess they've made the golf has made inroads into China. Um, uh, obviously, a good crop of golfers in Asia is the big growth engine. For most professional sports, do you see that as being a thing? Is there another play or another region uh, that, that you know, you'd be looking at if you were the PGA?
0: Yeah. I'd be looking at South America, but I'm wrong. And I was looking at it three years ago, as was everybody in the golf industry, because Brazil was going to be it. And everybody was going to talk about building golf courses and more Brazilian golfers. Well, I think we can all say that pretty much failed miserably for reasons that are only somewhat related to golf, a lot related to management, bureaucracy and, and criminality, to tell you the truth.
1: And, and the oil market, too, quite frankly. I mean, that's that, that's a big issue.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but, but, but so luckily now the Olympics people haven't given up on the idea and the 2020 Olympics as we know is in Tokyo and Japanese golf needs a kickstart and a push. There's not a whole lot of land available for more courses. The ones that are available to be designed. Jack Nicklaus is all over it. Greg Norman all over it. Gary Player all over it. So guaranteed, there will be a bump there. Look for China. Obviously, look for Eastern Europe. Look for Russia, and also look for Africa. So I think there is an opportunity for international growth, but not in the usual places.
1: Well, that's an interesting. That's an interesting situation. I guess we can. You and I could uh, take our argument about Tiger off the air. But I think that I think watching PGA and watching the emergence of golf, especially in this economic cycle, um. Is gonna is gonna be interesting from both a uh, you know sports perspective and a uh, uh, society slash broader economic perspective as well, right?
0: Yeah, and then finally for you as the the classic intelligent but uh, you know golf uh, non passionate golf consumer, you 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 casually flip on the dial, women, men, Champions Tour, uh, you're bored and you switch. Uh, to the channel quickly. What, if anything, would hold your attention uh, if you're a non-golfer to maybe watch for just a little while?
1: Well, look, I think I, I want to, I did watch a, a bit when Tiger was in his heyday um, and because amazing things were happening. But I'd, li- I'd watch someone who was somewhat transforming the game, whether it was via equipment that I wanted to see or whether, like if somebody had a, had a revolutionary new club the same way I might watch you know, um, a a little more, uh, basketball if there was somebody who, you know, when the three point shot, uh, originated. So I think another weapon in an arsenal. And I do think a person I look, I'm a very, I'm an old school sports fan. I gravitate to the players and to franchises that I've been with, you know, for a long time. So I think it would, it would take someone to me who would play the game a different way. Tiger brought to me, uh, not only the diverse face, um, but an athletic quality that we didn't see in golfers, you know. And I don't know that you know. Would, would, you know, and, and John Daly brought an athletic quality, the other side of that spectrum, uh, that we weren't used to seeing a kind of John Cruckian uh, <laughs> quality to, to to golf. So I, I'd watch for that, you know, for that unicorn of a player um, who made the game feel a little bit different.
0: You, to to your, your mouth to God's ear. So the unicorn. Maybe Lexi Thompson, maybe Rory McElroy, maybe Jordan Spieth, or maybe someone who's not yet born yet or hasn't picked up a club yet. The bottom line is I totally agree with you that we're all positioned well as far as industry metrics are concerned. We need those next superstars on the male and female sides, and hopefully we get them. Obviously, your insight's important as a casual uh, golf fan what does it take to get in the game well we need more than what we got today but at least we're heading in the right direction Rick Haro, see you next week thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score the producer Alex Cohn associate producers Freddie Joyner and Ryan Warner assistance provided by Carlos Swadek Tanner Simpkins and Ronnie Sokatch; and the executive editor of Reuters Digital Dan Palarusso. I'm Rick Haro. thanks again for listening see you next time on Keeping Score